This is a headgum podcast. Guys, stop doing takeout. Stop going to eat all your meals at restaurants. Stop ordering food inexclusively. It's so expensive and you don't know where the food is coming from, how it's prepared. You got to learn how to cook for yourself. And I know what a lot of you guys are thinking or your gals are thinking. Seems like a lot and I can never make good stuff. I don't know what to buy. I don't know what to have on hand. Well, here's the thing. Blue Apron will take care of all that for you. I know you've probably, if you're listening to podcasts, you've heard ads for Blue Apron before. But yeah. It really works, man. They make home cooking easy for everyone, including me, who is like a giant Labrador. I could even cook the Blue Apron meals. The hardest part is making sure that there's food left at the end to plate and I'm not just pounding everything down while I cook it. It's the number one fresh ingredient recipe delivery service in the country. Like They use uh, all like local farms, fisheries, ranchers, and stuff like that. So it all comes from responsibly raised animals. Excuse me, it can be delivered to 99% of the continental U.S. And because um, it ships the exact amount, there isn't food waste. Because that's another big thing. When I do my own food shopping, I end up throwing out a mildewy bag of spinach or um, the chicken, blah, blah, blah. This happens and I got to toss it. Oh, I took it out to defrost it, never cooked it, now it's dead. Blue Apron sends you all you need to do. So, look. And you can save money. It's less than $10 a person for a meal. So if it's if part of your New Year's resolution is to eat cleaner or make sure that you save some money, I think Blue Apron is the answer for you, man. So just uh, uh, hit yourself with some blueapron.com slash mighty. Use my promo code. That'll hook you up with some free shipping and you get your first three meals free. Um, I just did it to myself. I'm looking very forward to cooking a couple of these meals and check it out. Uh, uh, I had had the burger previously uh, and it was fantastic. So now I'm looking forward to making a bunch more meals. And you can customize the recipes. It's easy. Everything is like printed out. It's like putting together Ikea furniture, but you curse way less to yourself. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash mighty. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash mighty. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hi and Mighty. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your host, your boy, the number one fuck boy. The number one frog boy! The number one frog boy! <laughs> joining me, as always, in the High and Mighty studio is my nearly silent co host, Arthur Gabris. And joining us to chat, to talk, is former guest, uh, former friend, <laughs> future lover, Sean Clements. Sean, thanks for coming to the High and Mighty studio, brother. Hi, thanks for having me, John. Having <laughs> you. We're goofus and gallant, finally hosting a podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's really great to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here. I love um, just the environment you've created. It's so warm and welcoming. And uh, it really feels like a little peek behind the curtain uh, at the real John Gabris. Is- I think you're so polished out in public. You put on such a facade where, you know, I go like, but there's got to be a crack somewhere in here. And then and- you see that when you knock on my door and I answer it in sweatpants and a tank top. Mm-hmm. Sweatpants and a afternoon. tank top. <laughs> and then he threw what I assumed was an inside out t-shirt over the tank top. <laughs> Um, I put on deodorant in front of you, too, I think. If I yeah, that's right. That's right. It was in a drawer with clothes. So, um, 
it it's fun for me to be like, oh, this is how he really lives, you know. <laughs> I, I love that you're not pretending to be someone you're not. Like when I run into you out at Soho House or Chateau Marmont. Yeah, when I'm just like final draft open, mm-hmm. just typing away uh, on Bluetooth. Yes, loud. half rim glasses <laughs> and just sort of. Yeah. I'm wearing seven jeans and a cigarette <laughs> holder. You've got one of those, like, Breakfast at Tiffany's style. Like <laughs> That's just how I roll, because, you know, what they say is, like, dress for the job you want. Mm-hmm. And I'm not positive what the job I want is, but I know it pays a Truman lot. Truman Capote, right? That's <laughs> yeah, what... that's the job I'm looking for, is uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's stunt double in, in Cold Blood 2. <laughs> um, before, thank you for... I w- this is a good segue because that was a solid, uh, you know, uh, solid roast. So let's get to the reviews of my podcast. As always, if you rate me five stars and roast me in the comments on iTunes, I will read them out loud. Yes, this is an obvious cash grab for stars, um, but I'll take what I can get. So here, let's get into a let's get into a few of these reviews, Sean. Feel free to uh, chime in and let me know how true they are. Yeah, sure. This is from some mispronounced, unpronounceable name, Fadijavis. Title of the review is R.I.P. Matt Besser. I'll admit, Improv for Humans hasn't been the same since Gabrus ate Besser and the other humans so he could host his own podcast. He even changed the title to commemorate his achievement of being higher in cholesterol and mightier than standard American waistbands. Gotta give it to him, though. His girth is truly impressive. Too lazy to unsubscribe. Five stars, listen every week, R.I.P. Maddie B. I'll chime in on this. Fake. <laughs> Good call. It's fake. That is fake. I hate this fake internet stuff and fake news that's been going around. Fake news is killing me, dude. This is fake Gabrus news. <laughs> yeah, fake Gabrus news. He didn't eat Besser, I know, because Besser emailed me last week. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. I Just so you know, if in case you're re- listening to that review and curious what that means, I this is not Improv for Humans that I've taken over where I interview. This is a separate podcast. Improv for Humans is still running. So nice try, asshole. <laughs> All right, this is called, oh, this is from A Space Oddity 3001. Question, uh, the title of the review is, Really? Come listen to this ham-hocked bull run wild through a china shop of delicate topics, such as race, parentheses, other than his, alcoholism, parentheses, his, homosexuality, parentheses, his, and more. Drink every time Jean's body makes noises reflecting its sad state. Or don't, since you'd quickly end up like him. Decent show? Give it a try? Question mark. <laughs> that one hits a little closer to home. That yeah. one. That one is not fake news. This is as true as PizzaGate. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about. Is the homosexuality his thing? Like, yeah, what's that, that joke? I think it. I think they're. Uh, they don't realize how fluid my sexuality is. Yeah. I don't think they realize that it doesn't affect. I don't me. think this is somebody who studied the Kinsey scale <laughs> and knows that you're. <laughs> Dead center. <laughs> I'm just right in the middle. Bullseye, baby. <laughs> I one time had a hat on or something like that, and uh, Rogers was like, "That you actually can pull that off because you know you're like pansexual." <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I was like, "Okay, all right, a little bit. I see that." Mm-hmm. Um, a space oddity. Nice try, but I am gay. <laughs> all right, this is from ba- Bo's nose or Bow's nose. The poor man's Gino, the intern. Okay, I figured. How this bit player from Bones and Adam Ruins Everything can maintain a podcast following is a mystery. Since his Long Island accent is like nails on a chalkboard, it's like he's doing a horrible impersonation of Gino the intern from Comedy Bang Bang. 
Besides that, I love everything he does. <laughs> Besides my voice, you like everything on the podcast? Yeah. The audio only <laughs> experience <laughs> the guests, that you have. you're saying? The guests, the uh, downloading it, the, the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the ideas. They must want a transcription. Uh, Imagine reading a transcript of my podcast. It would be so fucking boring. <laughs> be like, parentheses, burp, parentheses, hiccup. I mean, any <laughs> podcast. It's just nonsense. But uh, this one in particular. <laughs> this one. <laughs> ruins. What did you ruins with Adam? I was in the drugs episode. You ruins drugs. I ruined John. Drugs. I know. I was cast as um, a Heredites, a Greek guy who was famous for putting cannabis on steam room, like in a sauna. Um, So it was right in my wheelhouse in that I got to wear a toga and make reference to marijuana. And you love saunas and spas. I do. I I think about you whenever. I was just in the Roman baths at Caesar's Palace. Oh, right. You went to Vegas this last weekend. Yeah, and I was thinking about. I'm a big Schwitzer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a I'm an old soul that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like alcohol, schwitzing, and hitting women. <laughs> I'm just a classic old Vegas guy. The the big three, yeah. <laughs> I'm just a throw. You're like a Rat Pack <laughs> member, yeah. I like to drink, shoot dice, schwitz, and slap women. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. For having an opinion. Yeah, for speaking while I'm trying to get a joke out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for pointing out that, like, your flies, flies down. Or your, yeah. Uh, I was at, uh, here's a quick little humble brag. I was at Sundance this weekend, and Ooh. I went up for a little Q&A after the movie, and uh, I was standing next to a mutual friend and, and former guest of the podcast, Adam Pally, and I was like, my fly is open. I got to make a move. And I had to like turn towards Pally, zip my fly up. And when I turned back, I had on like skinny jeans to try to look hip. They just, the fly burst back open. Like I felt, like I felt it goes all the way down. So then I zip it up and I go, Jesus Christ, it came down again. And Pally goes, now I'm nervous. Checks his fly. His fly's half open. Then we hear Brett Gelman laugh in the crowd. It was like, we put on like a fucking Keystone Cops zipper routine only for Gelman who happened to catch that. Oh, good. But yeah, that's the kind of guy I am. I will go to Sundance because I'm that cool, but I will have my fly open and not speak during the Q&A. A lot of cues for that, eh? I had a pretty couple of, couple of solid cues for that, eh? For oh, sure. Good. Yeah. I believe I uh, got the microphone taken away from me when I mentioned what drinking so much red wine did to my bowel movements. Oh, okay. <laughs> At Sundance. Who took the mic away? Pally. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's looking out for me. I feel like the Sundance moderator would have liked to have taken it away, but sheer distance. Too far, yeah. 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 (laughs) All right, well, let's get into... That's enough reviews. As always, listeners, um, if you uh, rate me five stars and roast me in the comments, I will read it on the air. I need these five stars, man. I just need it. I don't even give a fuck. The guy craves stars. I've (laughs) seen him. This is what I'm after. I'm just trying to make a quality product uh, in the fakest way possible, in the cheapest, cheatiest way possible. (laughs) But, Sean, I wanted to have you on today to talk about something. We have a few things in common, Mm. uh, but also we vary wildly on almost everything else. (laughs) Yeah, we're very different, yeah. But the few things we have in common truly bring us together, whether it be gambling or watching movies or um, drinking iced coffee. Yeah, that's right. Uh, We were trying to figure out what to talk about, and I wanted to really find a way to show how boring I am to talk to. (laughs) 
and, and this seemed like a good way because, of course, I have a lot of thoughts on iced coffee. Same here. Um, what you, I think you're mentioning us being opposite because, of course, you uh, only drink and get high. And that's all I do. And, and, <laughs> and that's, you know, what I don't do. Uh, but because of that, you know, one of the drugs I do enjoy is caffeine. And so uh, and, I, you know, and I I was thinking about like because, you know, I used to uh, uh, chief the kind bud. Chief uh, herb. I was. Yes, chief. I chiefed. I definitely chiefed herb. <laughs> and um, and what some of what I liked about it was the ritual and the different strain and the different that and the different that and so i think i do try to find things to replace that and coffee's a place where you can't because you've got like your recipe for the coffee and you're gonna use it to like jack you up but it's like i'm gonna you know get the right beans and do the grind and do the right combination and mix and, and you yeah. can you can uh like flex your own style like with weed if you like are a bong guy a joint guy a bowl yes a yes coffee is like the same thing are you a cold brew guy are you a hot coffee do you like are you latte? a latte are you yeah. making your own espresso yeah. you know um but the reason this really comes up is because you're a coffee like so that's your drug of choice one of your drugs of choice mm-hmm. coffee gambling and cigars I yeah think that's me <laughs> oh and dirty dirty sex stuff like freaky fucked up oh yeah I'm <laughs> it's a goddamn porno movie in, in my house I'm such a there's tarps everywhere whenever I go over sex that. maniac yeah the bone room <laughs> the- just like just yeah rubber pads on the walls and just like um uh it's soft yeah you need that for but with (laughs) bounce yeah you're gonna need all that i need everything uh (laughs) because it's so many shapes that i make with my body well that's another thing a lot of people don't know is that you are wildly flexible oh yeah i can put just about anything just about anywhere that's what my business card says (laughs) You're doing it to get like TV writing jobs. People are like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but it's but it's for you them need to a guy decide. like that in the room, though. You need you a guy. do. You <laughs> gotta have one. You gotta have a dude or yeah. a woman. You, you gotta have now. a joke guy, a story guy, a black and guy, just a fuck <laughs> machine. <laughs> black guy, a, joke a woman, guy, and a fuck machine. <laughs> yeah, joke guy, story guy, black guy, woman, fuck machine, <laughs> and that's every writer. And that's from Quantico to Big Bang. You know, it's all there. There's a so, universal You know, the bigger formula. budget ones have maybe two black guys and two fuck machines, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you might get an extra fuck machine in there and careful if they tangle horns. Yeah, because... yeah. You want to separate them when you pair up any uh, episode. Uh... Break them into different rooms. We'll break <laughs> off a small room and then we'll just put one fuck guy in each. <laughs> That's what happened in the second season of Friday Night Lights is that they had all fuck machines. They had all those fuck machines. And nothing was And that's was why the done. story was... <laughs> that's why it got... They... Driven around yeah, They brought it back down by getting a Harvard guy, a joke guy, a playwright, a black guy, a girl, and a, uh, a Pacific UCB Islander. guy. <laughs> uh, we could take it, too. Yeah. <laughs> We're going after the Harvard guys, but there's always a UCB guy. There's always guy. a UCB guy. Uh, he's often like the Harvard guys, but fatter. <laughs> Um, uh, but specifically you don't drink uh, being a caffeine, like being caffeine being one of your drugs, but you don't drink hot coffee. It's so now, or I guess for probably for the past, let's say eight or nine years, it's primarily iced coffee, cold brew. 
as the transition to cold brew. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty rare that I'll have a hot coffee, even when it's very cold outside and a hot drink would be nice. I just like, now I'm all the way on the cold brew. That's what I like. And you're the same way. I'm the same way. Even when I lived in Brooklyn and it was snowing out, well, I, I had to switch where I picked up my daily coffee uh, once the seasons changed because one place was like, well, we don't make iced coffee. And then I convinced one deli in my neighborhood in Red Hook that just make iced coffee and I'll come here and buy it every day. Oh, you know? really? Yeah. And they were like, fine. And I was like, they had a pitcher of iced coffee. Hardly anyone ever bought it. But it was me. I would I would walk with a glove on to the subway drinking an iced coffee in the snow. Yeah. Because I just ne- – hot beverages always make me – I'm a – I'm sure you, people who listen to this podcast know this, but I sweat very easily. Mm-hmm. I got like one red carpet interview at Sundance, and they used a clip of it before every movie on the second day of like, this is my first Sundance, and I'm pumped, and it's me, and but I'm pouring sweat, and it's sn- it's visibly snowing like yeah. in Sundance, and I have sweat pouring down my face as I scream into a camera. I look like a fucking meth head. You might be surprised to learn that I sweat a lot too even though i physically maybe don't look like you uh or or the typical big sweat guy right um i just run real hot but you 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 remain so cool and calm and collected well my personality i'm sort of a dead dead fish (laughs) i was gonna that was the phrase i was (laughs) Personality wise, I am a fucking. I'm flatlined, barely mm-hmm. uh, registering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check my fucking carotid. Yeah, no pulse. <laughs> Just don't feel anything. Don't have, don't have any feelings about anything. It doesn't matter what's what I'm looking at. Could barely be a, affects me. A dead body or a new love. It's, it doesn't matter. I've aced thousands of lie detectors, not because I'm a good liar, just because I don't have a care in the world. Well, about I don't it. value truth or human life, so it's just hard for me to care what I'm saying. I feel, see, for me, I feel you on that. I always pass lie detectors tests because they're like, his heart is racing the entire time. Yeah, there's no, the baseline <laughs> yeah. is that it's just through the roof. I'm just redlining full time. I've got like eight years left in this on this earth. It's like that one episode of the Commish where the guy put a tack in his shoe. Yeah, do you remember? I remember. And then he'd step on it hard, and then it would make his heart jack up, and he would do it for all his normal answers where he was telling the truth because Throw he, off the pain the yeah. uh, response was like throwing off the needles. I remember that episode of Commission. <laughs> Let's talk about the Commission for like half remembering episodes for the yeah, next Yeah, okay. <laughs> we can do it cuz I think I don't even know if it was really the Commission. Well, I feel I like think I think it was, but I'm not sure. I feel like I've heard it a few times like like it was like uh like CIA agents and FBI agents were actually taught that technique in case they were ever forced to polygraph. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like a th- a widely known thing is not what I meant to say there, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's a thing that happens. It's a famous thing. Yeah, the thumbtack thing. Yeah, the thumbtack in the shoe. I and have him in my shoes all the time. Just for- And then they realized he was doing it. And I remember at the end of the episode, what they did was they kept like taking him to different rooms and like making him walk a lot. Oh, that's really funny. So that because they was- were like, "Oh, we need to bring you in for another test," and they'd be like, "Oh, you know what? This machine isn't working. Let's go downstairs to the other one." Uh- and they like made him walk <laughs> and forever. He's like, ow, ow, yes, ow, yeah, ow, and he like couldn't walk that much. <laughs> that's really fun. Pretty good story. <laughs> Pretty- <laughs> you know what? Well, we're gonna stop here. We're Probably gonna watch the fuck it. machine pitched it. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna watch some uh, commission. We'll be right back with some more. <laughs> um, but what is it about iced coffee that we? I, 
that wasn't one thing I did love about moving here a, a few years ago is that iced coffee is now readily available almost it's everywhere. It's everywhere, and it's become like a special. It's like micro brews or something. And again, not unlike the ritual of like smoking pot or whatever, or people who get really into wine. Yeah, there is like there's flavor profiles and you go to a place and they're like well we have nitro cold brew well we offer like do you want the dark or the light roast and then they have like on the different bean bags they have the descriptions of what the like different notes are in the beans and the flavoring like using different beans for iced coffee is like a completely like i feel like that's a recent thing i feel like when i first got into iced coffee uh which is when i first got into coffee it felt like it was like the place would either have old coffee that they let get cold or they would truly or they would pour hot coffee over ice which is literally my nightmare well i was ju- i was gonna bring that up yeah because i was just when i was in vegas we went to like a diner place for breakfast and i was like do you guys have iced coffee and they were like oh yeah but i knew you knew that they meant they were gonna pour a fucking they're gonna pot- pour Hot coffee onto ice, and it'll just be super watered down, lukewarm coffee. Yeah. And then they do that out here, too, because there are places in L.A. that do that, and you go, like, just say you don't have it, because I there's not a single establishment here that is not within walking distance of another place that serves iced coffee. Right. So, like, I'll just go... Get it, you know? Like, yeah, you should tell... That th- That should be the, uh, do you want a Coke? I- I'd like a Coke. Pepsi okay? Like, you yeah. say, I want iced coffee. It's like, just a heads up. We pour hot coffee on ice. Yeah. How badly do you need it right now? Like, yeah, yeah, right? Because it's like, there's a place that we go for breakfast sometimes on Larchmont. There are five coffee places on Larchmont. And then there's <laughs> one restaurant that doesn't have iced coffee. But if you order iced coffee, they'll pour hot coffee over ice. And it's like, just don't do it. Say you don't do it. Yeah, and this is California. It is. Yeah, iced coffee, I feel like, is what a lot of people drink. And I, that's what, I think I moved out here. California being a warmer climate means more iced coffee uh, available. But I also moved around the boom of iced coffee, I feel like, in the last yeah. few years. Now you find like the a Gelson's or a Ralph's has a section where there's just like bottled iced coffee, bottled iced coffee yeah. cold brew. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we can talk concentrate. about bottled iced coffee. First of all, how you feel about nitro and the whole nitro explosion that's happening right now. There's bottled nitro, and then a lot of places have the basic, like the Guinness tap, yeah. where there's like a big head on the coffee. Yeah, so do you let, like that? Let's talk about that. Yeah, I do enjoy that. I yeah. actually, I, I don't think it could be my regular cup of coffee. I don't think I prefer it because they don't put ice cubes in it. And part of part of what I like is about iced coffee fully. It reminds me of the way I used to drink Bloody Marys. The mm-hmm. first few sips are like, and then the last sips are like more refreshing and less flavorful. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like when the uh, cold the cup of coffee at the end is sort of like watered, milky, and very, very cold for the last couple you sips. You get that big punch at the beginning of the drink where yeah. it's like the jolt that you need. And then- if it's if there's no ice, if it doesn't get watered down at the end, by the end you're going like I probably shouldn't finish this because like right it's gonna be too much. I'm gonna be like nauseous or yeah, like just like, like vibrating like, yeah. or have a heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> um, I feel the same way. And there's like there's a place that I go where the nitro cold brew is markedly better than their regular. Yeah, and so I'll get it there. But I do like the nitro in that it eliminates the need for because you drink your iced coffee black. Well, let's get into that. I drink it black, yeah. But uh, nitro coffee, you don't need milk 
or ice or sugar. I feel like just the f- the pure like just getting it nitrogen. Yeah, because yeah. there's a creaminess to that head being involved. Yeah, that, um, makes it yeah it makes it feel less necessary to have sweetener or cream. So my thing with black coffee, I always I drank coffee in high school and I would take it with like uh you know milk or sugar or whatever. Yeah. Standard then, like entry level coffee yes, drinking. Yeah, yeah, where you're kind of making like a a shake almost. Yeah, I didn't like, drink it's coffee. Like Irish in, cream or something like. Uh, you didn't drink coffee growing up. I didn't drink coffee until I was like 23. With and I started with our mutual friend Dom Durkis. Oh yeah? yeah. Well, I drank it in high school. We would like my parents would make like Dunkin' Donuts brand mm-hmm. coffee beans at our house, and and I would have a cup, and then. Um, I don't know if the proliferation of like Starbucks and stuff was happening, but I remember going and like making a coffee with a bunch of like ingredients, you know, yeah. like uh, that I would like add because they'd have like nutmeg and vanilla powder and right. all this yeah. shit out on the counter. Yeah, and we're be, about like, the age where Starbucks became a thing, but I don't think it came a thing when we were in high. Like they were yeah, slowly popping I, up, but I now I feel like high school kids have. Starbucks orders. But I remember there being like a coffee bar that had more things even than are available now where there yeah. was like cinnamon and stuff on the counter. And right. I would like pour a bunch of shit in there and like make coffee with my friends. And then wh- I I had this job. Have I ever told you about the job I had where I used to clean cooling towers? Nope. So do you know what a cooling tower is? I think so. But do- on like skyscrapers, a lot of times you'll see those like water silos, right? Right. Uh, and frequently, either with them or without them there, there's a big metal box. So, like, in New York, I was just in New York, and you look, I, I still, like, look at the top of the buildings all the time because, like, on, like, 30-story buildings, there's always these huge metal boxes. And um, those are cooling towers, and the water uh, in a building like that in like a water system like that runs up through that and it cools the water down and some of it actually runs into the cooling system. So, uh, I don't want to go too long on it. Right. (laughs) But Legionnaire's disease is caused by this bacteria called Legionella, which develops in algae. And it's named that because there was a whole group of Legionnaires at this like convention and right. in the cooling system. Wait a minute, did I just hear about that on like ninety nine percent invisible? Or maybe you I just, did. I just but listened it to is... a podcast that described how Legionnaires' disease so, was. So yeah, they all, but not French this... Legionnaires, but like American Legion. Yes, guys, American right? Legionnaire. It yeah. was like I think it might have been in New York, but yeah. they, but they... they were coming from Pennsylvania and came. I, I'm remembering this story now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so it came through the cooling system. They breathed it in, and it looks exactly like pneumonia. And so people get treated for pneumonia, and they die. It kills like 20,000 people a year because they get mistreated for right. it. So because after that happened, uh, any company that has cooling towers has to have them cleaned like once a year. And I was part of one of the only crews that like did this. There was this company called Nalco Chemical that started like sending out people to, and you get inside the box and you blast all the algae off. You have to wear like these big like biscuits, these like air filters on your mouth, these Tyvek suits. You blast it with these industrial pressure washers, which by the way, you have to carry up onto the roof (laughs) because there's never an elevator that actually goes Goes to to the the roof. roof. So you got to take the stairs up, set up up there. So I did that for like a year. And uh, we would get up. We covered the whole tri-state area. So I lived in Connecticut, but I would like meet my boss at like a highway rest stop. He would pick me up and drive me into New York or into Rhode Island or into Pennsylvania. And we would clean these like huge cooling tower things. And he would pick me up at like 4 a.m. And we would stop once and he would go and buy a black coffee 
for everyone in the truck. And he would not put milk or sugar in it. And you stayed in the car. And it was just like, that was the way it worked. And I got addicted to it because the coffee was so strong. It was always like gas station coffee right, that it was that stale and turbo sitting, shit. But yeah. it was so strong and it was so nasty. But it woke you up because it was 4 a.m. Right. And it was like, I'm going to need to get time? up. Were you in college or high, uh, college age or high school age? Uh, I was um, like 23, <laughs> like okay. 23, 24. Okay. It was like right before I moved to New York because the job paid great right it was super dangerous you're like on <laughs> i'm on top of the met life building on a ladder leaning up against the size of a metal box blasting a pressure washer that's pushing like the force is pushing the ladder away from <laughs> the build so you're like am i gonna like like jet <laughs> rocket myself like off the side of this fucking building like the uh like the things in um uh Season in the uh, final season of Kenny Powers, like those. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you've got two pressure washers in your hand, like blasting like that, and and it's stuff that you're not supposed to breathe in. And the pressure washer's so strong that like one guy shot himself in the leg, and you can, and it, like, like made a hole in his leg, and like water and blood just shot out of the hole because it's just like they're so powerful, right? Because um, they're for cleaning industrial equipment. Right. So anyway. That got me, like, I did that for a year, and I basically had, like, a black coffee every morning, like, six days a week uh, for a year. And then I was, like, I couldn't drink coffee with milk and stuff anymore. It just was, like, didn't feel like it was going to have the same effect yeah. that coffee did. So I could switch to iced coffee because that feels really strong still. Right. But, like, any kind of sweetener or milk, I go, like, well, what am I drinking? It's, like, it was the same way when I used to, like, drink Alcohol. It's right, like, drink, I, I need the rum, bite, rum and you know coke. what I mean. Yeah. yeah, I don't want. And then the you're thing like, you graduate like, to. Whiskey. Yeah, you don't want like yeah. a pina colada or whatever, <laughs> where you're like, wait a minute, like there's no alcohol. Well, there this. also comes that thing where it's like, I need two of these or three of these. If I'm gonna have yeah. two iced coffees a day, I can't be having that much milk and sugar. It's like if I'm gonna have five drinks at the bar, I can't have five glasses of coke. No, yeah, yeah. it's like I want to feel the bite. Like yeah. I want that like sting on my tongue, right. so that I know like <laughs> this, this is, is gonna Scotch this is gonna kick. Me in the is, ass. Yeah, this is and it's the same with coffee yeah. for me. Yeah, I got into coffee. I worked at VH1 right after school, and they had um, you know free coffee in the break rooms and free soda. But I wasn't ready for. I wasn't doing coffee yet. So like at three p.m. when I was dragging ass, I'd have like a Barks root beer from the soda fountain. Barks got bite, baby. Barks got bite. Talking about yeah. got bite, baby. And the bites the caffeine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that what the bark? That's right. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So I was using that for a while and I was like, you know, slowly getting fatter and fatter. And I was like, I can't do this. I never got into coffee, even though I was like not sleeping. But when you're 22, you can sort of live off of not sleeping. Mm-hmm. you know. And then a couple of years later, I got a job working uh, for some weird production company writing sketches like with yeah. Dom, with our yes, mutual yeah. friend Dominic Turkis. And uh, Dom drank coffee. And he was like four years younger than me or whatever he is. And I was like... Oh yeah, maybe I can. But Dom's like forty. Yeah, Dom's forty like, and, and has 20 been at the since he was time. twelve. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Dom's he looks like a and child. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the he's few. He's like twelve and forty at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's like easily wind upable and giddy, but also like sort of stoic and like has like responsible. Uh, adult opinions on things and a lot of like and he has that private school thing where he's very comfortable in like a collared shirt sticking out of a cardigan yeah which would be for me as a sweater my living nightmare yeah i can't imagine (laughs) i cannot imagine wearing that but we started drinking we started just going to dunkin donuts at four o'clock every day regardless and getting coffee because we were working till like seven or eight and then him and i would often have improv
improv practice later that night. So we're like, I got it, and I'm like, oh, I like that. And then I'm like, oh, now I should have one in the morning when I get into work. Yeah. And then I started having like two iced coffees a day, and then I was like, that habit stuck with me. That was ten years ago now. Did you ever smoke cigarettes? No. I see. I used to smoke cigarettes too, and so that was like the morning for me. It was, was a like coffee, a and, coffee a and a cigarette. Oh. I was like, oh, this is like the dream. Here's a quick side thing. You have, you have uh, done gone through some addictions. Uh-huh. How hard is cigarettes compared to? Because uh, you hear people say like cigarettes are harder to quit than anything else. Like, was it or was they all sort of were they all sort of associated with one another? So it's so yeah. Well, it's yeah. They're so separated. Like. Um, because I, I held on to cigarettes for a long time after I quit, like, drinking and doing drugs. Because you're and like, when that's, I, like, still allowed. In yeah, there. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like, uh, you know, it was, it was like, quit things in the order that they're, like, ruining your life. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was like... Maybe, was like, like, maybe uh, quit pills and leave cigarettes <laughs> for the time. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it was like, all right, well, this is, like, bad for me, but it's not, like, making it so that I'm, yeah. like, unemployable uh, my, and like, can't yeah, maintain... I could still yeah. interact with my family. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I did hang on to them for a while. So I feel like at the time that I quit them, I was in such a better place in my life than when I was quitting the other things. Right. It didn't feel as hard and devastating. You and had like, ownership over some of your addictions already. You yes, knew it was possible. But like in terms of how much I missed it, like it's weird how automatic it was, uh, uh, I quit them using that book, The Easy Way to Stop Smoking by Alan Carr, which a few of our other friends have I know have a used. lot of people who... That you can only easy use it way once, method. right? Yeah, I have heard that if you start smoking again, um, that you when the you go to read work, it, it just yeah. doesn't work anymore. But you know, and they have you quit cold turkey, so like you you're just off it, and it was probably still another month or two afterwards that every time I started my car, I reached into my pocket, even though I didn't have a cigarette there. It just had just instinct. been years because you like been, as you pull out. Crack the window. It had been it up. ten years of like I was like a pack a day smoker, and I and every time I started my car, I reached in and grabbed a cigarette. And there were certain things where I just had like the physical reflex built into me, wow. and it was really like funny to be like, oh, why is my hand in my pocket? And it's like, oh, because I like want to light a cigarette, even though I don't smoke them anymore. There was a period of time in my life when uh, I had a VHS in uh, a VCR in my house growing up that when you put a tape in, it said auto tracking on the screen in a blue screen and like had like a sort of like thing that says like we're tracking the whatever and that used to give me an erection because it was like pavlovian to putting in a porno <laughs> vhs yeah. cuz this is like so the mid 90s so no matter what vhs i put in when it said auto tracking i would start getting a hard on like a big blue screen on my tv i'm just trying to sit down with a buddy to watch nightmare on elm street and i'd be like pressing my boner down cuz it's like that's how you know you're jerking off too much as <laughs> if like i'm getting uh, classically conditioned boners from a fucking tv screen <laughs> yeah we're all like rats in an experiment I that know. we created <laughs> and it's crazy that i can't bring myself to uh make good habits yeah right yeah it's you, like it has to be as easy to develop like, them yeah no it is it, it, it is it is like, like you, if you get up and go running every morning for 21 days on the 22nd day it should be just like instinctual rolling out of bed putting your sneakers it's on normal again. to you it's just like it's easier to get out of good habits i feel like yes yeah yeah um because i have like been able to like build up like oh i'm in this really great routine where whatever with exercise or something yeah. where it's totally normal to me but if i take a week off 
then I can't really go back. Whereas if you take a week off of a bad habit, it's so easy to fall back into it because it's like sloth and laziness. Right, and right. And, and it goes yeah. like, I feel like, yeah, if you quit smoking and then you smoke for like a week, you quit smoking for a year and then you smoke for like a week, you're like, fuck, I got to get out of this again. It's easy to I, easy to quit again, I feel like. Not I'll, easy to quit again. but Yeah, but I'll say this too about that Easy Way book. It does say, like one of the very first things it says is like after you quit like if we you know get you off nicotine you can't do any like you cannot smoke cigars or anything like that either because it'll like bring you right back to where you were right and as you know i do sometimes smoke cigars um and i just haven't found it to be the case like i just like again i you know I quit doing all this other shit that was so bad for me. Right. And then every once in a while, there's like something where like, I want to celebrate or I want to do something I know is unhealthy for me right. with my friends yes. to like be, I don't know, a yeah. shithead. <laughs> and, and it's just like, that's a thing I've decided is okay. Um, and it doesn't drag you back into wanting to smoke. Or, well, it's so yeah. different from cigarettes for me because when I was smoking cigarettes, I hated cigars. They were so frustrating to me. They took forever. You can't inhale, you can't inhale them. Yeah. They're just like they smell different and taste different. And I was just like, I wanted that. Ins- I wanted French fries. You know what I right, mean? Yeah. I didn't want a baked potato. But now it's like, OK, it's a thing that takes like an hour and you talk with your friends yeah. and you get. You know, it's about the vibe, crazy almost. nicotine, but yeah. yeah, there's something about it that's yeah. like. I mean, different. I enjoy hanging out with people smoking a cigar. That's why I like. You know, we have some cigar nights. I, I like those for me, even though I don't really like to smoke cigars because I like to be outside because of the sweaty thing. Yeah, and if uh, I like to just bullshit, and it's like. If you and Dom and company are going to be just settling in for an hour of cigar smoking, I yeah, like just talking more. shit about all of our friends yeah. who we don't like, <laughs> all of our close friends that we have super strong negative opinions about. Yeah, that's right. That's what cigars are. <laughs> that's for. the next episode of I Might that I have you on for. Uh, welcome back to Clements and Gabriel's bridge burning party, <laughs> and then we tag everyone we talk about into it and put it out. There. And they still don't listen. Yeah, and they still don't listen. Who the fuck would listen who to listens a podcast? To friends who would listen especially the people we would talk shit about would be too narcissistic to uh well never mind let's not get into any more so let's talk about making iced coffee because you now make your own well first of all we mentioned that there's a lot of bottled ones in the grocery store now yeah have you gone have you run the gamut of buying those bottled ones do you have one that you like one that you don't yeah i there's a few that i really like uh the one i'm I currently have in my fridge a – well, I used to be a buy a coffee thing, but I think that buy a coffee a day guy or two coffees a day guy, but I think that's a New York thing. Like there's just, it's just so accessible to get coffee on the way to something because you're not getting in a car. Yeah. So it's like – No, you're e- walking by 12 coffee places. Like it's harder not to – Right, and it's almost like on. I'd rather get the guy to make me a coffee and say what's up in the morning and maybe grab a scone or whatever. Yes. That it's like – but in L.A., because you have to like get in your car and drive somewhere. And there's no parking at a lot of places. So even if you work right near a place you that can't, like, serves coffee, it's still like, well, I'm going to have to park and get the meter and do the yeah. whole thing. And so it's like a pain in the ass. Yeah, you kind of want to have it at home. My biggest complaint about L.A. is that you can't, do, you can't really do anything on the way to do something else. Yeah. In New York, I almost exclusively got every errand I needed done en route to something else like i'd yeah. be like oh i got an audition at four it's like cool i'll swing by best buy get that uh external hard drive i need put it in my bag and do that but like in la it's like if you want to try to do something on the way to something else it's like three separate parking events is like your your whole day is shot yeah yeah and so 
you can't really like grab a coffee on the way to work unless you live super close to a coffee shop, walk to it, get it, then get in your car. Yeah. Or you walk drive to your work, walk outside, get a coffee. And even then there's places within walking distance of me, but they're not like the places I want my coffee from. Because right. now I am like a little bit of like a wine snob about it almost. Where like I can drink coffee from anywhere, but I I've invested so much time into it right, that I'm like, well, have... there's a kind I really like, you right. know? So now I make it myself, and I do uh, French press, like, sort of, I know that it's like double the amount of beans is like to where this sticker is, coarse mm-hmm. ground, often Intelligentsia or Stumptown, um, and uh, f- uh, grind it at the grocery store. I don't have, I have a grinder here, but I broke it. Um, grind it up, pop it in there, uh, let it sit for, you know, 12 to 16 hours, mm-hmm. and then pour into a pitcher that I keep in the fridge. Maybe add a couple of ice cubes because I make it a little too strong. Mm-hmm. And I add a couple of ice cubes to the pitcher itself and then pour that over ice in the morning with a dash of coconut milk, sometimes cinnamon. It used to be whole milk and cinnamon. Now it's, Then it was just whole milk for a while. Now it's just coconut milk. Yeah, and, I'm basically off dairy myself. Yeah. I used to be like milk or whatever um, in my coffee. But now uh, on the rare occasion that I do have anything else in my coffee, it has to be almond. like almond milk. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. And I, I I was into almond milk for a little bit. I was into soy when I was in Brooklyn because I liked that it mm-hmm. was like a little vanilla-y. Like it kind of knocks the coffee down. It kind of mm-hmm. gives you that vanilla latte flavor without having, yeah. without it being super sweet. You know, like soy milk is just sweet enough. But I like my mom drinks coffee a lot and she puts those fucking like nasty little international delight creamers in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I was like, Joanne, you're not drinking coffee if you're putting like fucking hazelnut cinnamon bun like sweetener inside mm-hmm. of it it's like nasty oh to yeah me now yeah i know I, I could imagine when you're like that's a great gateway in the coffee is like you want to turn this into candy <laughs> yeah 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 no well that's how that's definitely how i started when yeah. as a teenager where it was like it was like a yeah it was a treat you would go to a diner turn your coffee to dessert. like light tan and add it was like a fucking milkshake right <laughs> you know like yeah you're adding cream and sugar and like whipping it up you're like making yeah you're making yeah. fucking uh uh, what's it called? I'm trying to think of what it's called. Like a meringue. <laughs> You're like making a coffee meringue. <laughs> um, but so I've gone through a lot of different uh, bottled iced coffees be- for the same reason you're talking about where I just didn't have time to stop on the way in because there was actually a drive through Starbucks on the way to Workaholics when I was there. But it was like still if- the line was long you had to like turn yourself around so i did it for a while but then i was like no never mind i have to have the coffee like before i leave my house right so i started buying it cuz i was not making my own yet and there are a lot of different brands now i brought you one today that is currently the one that i like this venice cold brew i love this one it's really good isn't it yes it's very good and i will say i really like that it's not a concentrate it's not a concentrate. It says it's like, you know, triple filtered with the water or whatever they yeah. say on the bottle. But it's not a super thick, heavy yes. uh, feeling to it. And the flavor is what I have found to be when I'm reading about different bean uh, sort of descriptions and what their flavors are. There's a lot that are floral or they'll have a note of fudge stuff like that i don't like that here's what i want yeah i want it to say the buzzwords i want it to say dark chocolate which means it's got like a bitterness to the sweetness yeah and then i want it to have 
some kind of citric acidity. So if it says like dark chocolate and Valencia orange or red fruit or uh. something like that, I know that the aftertaste of it is going to be a little bit of like sourness. Yeah. So it's like a really smooth, like chocolatey, like slightly bitter, like initial taste. And then the aftertaste on your tongue is this kind of like sour acidity, uh, like a, you know, like an orange or something. Uh, that is what I love. And I've tried a lot of different beans and I've gone to different LA roasteries and gotten them. And I found the one that I think is the best, which is at this place called Coffee Collab. It's a label called Suits and Knives. And they have a <laughs> Colombian uh, coffee. And the guy there... So I went and I talked to this like super hipster guy who looks like you would think he looks with like this like big handlebar mustache. Suspenders. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Full sleeves. Uh, yeah, cool yeah, beard. yeah. beard. Un- like a weirder Kyle Newichek. Yeah. Like like long hair, big bushy handlebar mustache. You don't get much weirder than Kyle no, Newichek. No, I know. Either. And so if you're trying harder than him, suspenders for sure. Um, and, yeah, and like a, a Heisenberg hat. And like and, and, and so I talked to him and he was like and he was telling me Oh yeah, he's like, well, Will roasts all these at his own like play, his own warehouse, and he's like, Will's taught a lot of the big roasteries his method because it's some like Japanese slow roasting method that like makes the beans a lot darker, yeah, and like richer, and it like takes longer to do it, and and he's explaining it all to me, and I was like, wow, that's really cool that he taught. He names these other labels that use this guy's method that, that he you've taught heard them of, yeah. that are bigger, yeah. And I was like, why didn't he's like, he's just happy with his small thing. Like he doesn't want to go big like that. So then the next time I go there, Will is in there and I find out, I don't think that's why Will has not had mainstream success. He's insane. (laughs) He's like fighting with people in the thing. He, his name is like Will Miyazaki or something. He's like a Japanese guy and he was ranting about all lives matter. When oh. I was in there, which made me go like, I don't know if I want to give this guy any money, right. you know? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm starting to really like this coffee guy. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out we like slow roasted beans and some other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it was awful. truly like, I was like, this is so fucked up. Don't and meet I, your heroes and or I, just dudes who roast coffee well. <laughs> and I actually haven't been back since then. <laughs> but, I, cause I, and I, but I bought like four bags that day and he eyeballed them all. He was just like, he was like, how much do you want? And I was like, I oh, don't whatever, like a half pound. And he was like, check this out. And he would just like pour into a bag the exact amount and then drop it on the scale. And it was always like, it, he, I was just like, oh, this dude's like just a coffee genius <laughs> yeah. who has a lot of other issues. Yeah. And I don't want to, I didn't want to argue with him. <laughs> But um, but I did buy an All Lives Matter T-shirt but, just to get know, out of there. <laughs> it's, and it's up to you politically whether you want to uh, contribute anything to this guy. I haven't gone back, but he does roast great beans. You could separate the art from the artist. Is that what it is? Look, because you're lot a huge people. Polanski head. <laughs> yes, yes, knife in the water. <laughs> and I don't know what happened that night. I wasn't there. Um, oh, that's brutal. Is there, yeah, um, but. But that is really good. There's a place you've been to go get them tiger, I assume. No, I haven't. But people have recoed that place to me. Is that on the east side? Uh, yeah, it's on. No, it's on large. It's on Larchmont. Oh, okay. Um, okay. so that's one of the guys who used to work at Intelligentsia, which is like a big coffee place out here. 
Um, and they had a, a bean label at their place called Sweet Bloom or something like that for a while. They don't have it anymore, but that was really good too. That was like as good as this guy Will's beans. So yeah, you you like I feel like beans is like the deepest you can get into coffee is like, but I learned later that there's another step of like how you make the coffee now that like those aero filters yeah. are huge or like or whatever, you know, these weird coffee systems where it's pour over or it's blank and you have some kind of interesting coffee. I setup. do have, I have an OXO cold brew maker and I'll say something else about beans quickly, which is you would go, Sean, if you found the beans that are your favorite, why haven't you gone back? It's cause I'm still trying new ones all the time because there's such a, I'm always like, well, I'm like, you know, I'm going to geek out on this and like go online and find like what other people say is the best and keep trying it. And that's the best so far. Like wine and with microbrew beers too. It's like, if you like this type of roasted bean, you can, you can point yourself a little bit more. Yeah. Like when you find out you like session IPAs a lot, then you're like, Ooh, who else makes session? Or, Oh, if you read those floral notes, like when you see Valencia orange, you're like, well, what else has Valencia orange? Like, like I know I love Malbecs when it comes to red wine, so that's like if I don't like you can use that as like a guidance, so you can really yeah. fine tune your taste. Where it's like yeah, now so I realize I'm still I like spice because yeah, yeah. I'm new in this world because it wasn't that long ago that I started making my own and got this uh, cold brew coffee maker. Cold brew, of course, you replace heat with time. Right, that's the big thing. People brew with heat, but I brew with time. And you can even drink hot coffee that's been cold brewed. You just add hot water to the concentrate that right. you make. This machine is basically just a big tank that you fill with, I think, a four-to-one ratio of like ground coffee beans, coarse ground coffee beans to water. And uh, so you put in, I put in, I think, 284 like ground ounces of coffee then i pour through like a sieve so that it like um sort of makes like a raindrop effect uh eight ounces of water for the bloom i don't know if you bloom your grounds but this is something i've read that you're supposed to do which is you put you put the water in and then you let it get wet and you let it sort of like uh expand the grounds and without before you actually soak them oh wow and then that's supposed to bring out some of the flavor. Then I put in the rest of the thirty water. ounces of water or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I have like a beaker that's like the right amount. And then I pour that in. Then I stir it. Then I let it sit for eighteen to twenty four hours. Okay. Then in on that tank, there's like a little switch, and you put like the beaker they sell you with it underneath, and you flip the switch down, and then it filters out through the screen. And this makes concentrate. And it makes a concentrate. And then it's up to you how, like, what the ratio you want to do is. I think Dom has the same one and does, like, two-to-one water to coffee. I do almost one-to-one. It's almost 50-50. And it's super strong. Yeah, I have a hard time with concentrates because I always fuck it up. And, like, part of me wants to add just milk to it, you know, which is something some people do. You don't necessarily need to add water if you put a bunch of milk in it. Yeah. Part of me, but I always feel like when I add water and some milk, it doesn't get the right consistency because it doesn't doesn't stir so perfectly i think i need to like work on that yeah yeah you do like kind of need to experiment to find like what your formula is and i'll like 
So I'll buy these Venice cold brew bottles, which I, you know, I think tastes great. And then it's a glass bottle with a screw on cap. And then I'll pour my concentrate, like, and I'll pour it to about, you know, between a third and halfway up. Yeah. And then I'll, and then I'll fill the rest with water. And that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, pretty good measure for me. But I used to buy bottled concentrate and just drink it straight, and that would send me through the roof. I did that like, once by accident. Yeah. I was uh, in Albany, and I was like, I needed coffee to make in my room because I was there for work, so I couldn't really make a cold brew, but I found that they sold bottled Grady's cold brew, like New Orleans style, with like a little bit of chicory yeah, yeah. in it, and I love that shit. And I was like, oh, perfect. And I fucking poured one in a pint glass over ice and drank it like in the morning in my hotel room, got in the van to go to set, and I was like... Oh my god, I'm gonna have a fucking heart attack. This is the strongest coffee I've ever had. And then I didn't realize I drank like seven cups It'll of coffee. It'll destroy your stomach. Yep, It'll I was totally like, like it makes you feel awful. I felt like my stomach was doing the thing that your face does when you eat something super sour. I felt like my stomach was completely puckered. Like yeah. it was like holding it in. I was like, ah. I actually felt thin because like yeah. my stomach was like everything was just like contracting. Sucked in. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I feel thin, but I'm sweating and my I'm I'm shitting. Like, like hourly well, and one of the advantages of cold brew is supposed to be when you when you cook would you brew the beans without the heat it's much less acidic right and it's it's a you know supposedly a lot gentler on your stomach yes. um and so you can like drink more caffeine with less like of that jittery feeling right. and less of that sort of like uh sour stomach feeling that yeah. you could get yeah and so then i I was like, oh, I, and I do like, so going back to bottle brands, we're like, I like that Grady's. And I currently keep Chameleon cold brew um, in like yeah. a big uh, cold brew concentrate. For The only issue I have with making my own cold brew is like s some days I finish my coffee and I say, all right, tonight, remember to make another batch. And then whatever the day gets away from you. Yeah. And then I wake up and I have no coffee. You can't just make a cup in the morning, right. which does suck. You have to plan ahead. And that's one of the nice things about this, like oxo thing is it makes so much that you're making a full week's worth of coffee right. every time you brew so anytime like if you then transfer it out of the beaker to another to like bottles like i said then you can make one at any point during the week you know right, you got yeah. like five or six days to remember yeah so i keep like some cold brew concentrate on like just on deck in the fridge because that should last forever and it's like if i just fuck i forgot to make coffee or like um i want something like super powerful or i want to Add a dash to a normal cup. I I'm, I got like the coffee hiccups right now because I'm having my second cup on an empty stomach. You you've been to Groundworks? Um, yes. So I like Groundworks a lot. That's probably my favorite chain coffee. Yeah. Uh, and they the the beans they have black gold. Those are my favorite like chain coffee beans, and. When you go in there, you they actually make really good bottled cold brew. The problem is the bottle's like too big. Like it's like sixteen ounces yeah. of just like pure black cold brew. Right. And I would like open one in the morning when I was going to work and then it was just like I would be like, Well, and it's a pop top. So you so can't, can't reseal yeah. it. Right. So you have to drink the whole That's thing. That's how I feel about the Stumptown little fat boy Stumptown's bottles. Stumptown's exactly make. the same. Yeah. And there's another company called Seaworth. And it's like Seaworth Single Fin Sludge is the name of their coffee. <laughs> and it's and they sell them at um uh Whole Foods. And right. I was like, Oh, this is really good coffee. But every time I open one, I'm like, Well, I have to finish it. Right. Or I like would leave it on my desk at work until after lunch, like when it was a third of the way full, yeah. and then it's room temp. 
Yeah, they they should have resealable. Yeah, they should have resealable. And but my big thing is though, I pref- I like it over ice. Yeah. Even if it is super cold. Yeah. I still prefer it over ice because I do like it to be slightly del- like I was saying earlier. I like that last cup. I like the variation in that the first couple of sips are like woo, and then the last couple of sips are like easy to go down. That's the same thing. I think why I like. Uh, mixed cocktails and Bloody Mary I always thought is the best example is it's like it starts as a tomato bisque and ends as like a uh, horseradish flavored sip of ice cold water yeah. <laughs> it's like you can run the gamut of flavors with one big Bloody Mary on do you want to talk about drinking through a straw yeah you prefer that right to I sipping do. especially if it's a drink with ice in it right to sipping it out of the cup I love which it. is something that cold brew provides whereas that's I one of the reasons I think that I when I do get a hot coffee on rare occasion, if like that's all that's available on a right. set or that'll something, be the time I have hot. Then coffee I go like, it is weird to me to be sipping coffee out of the glass. There's a look. There's a vanity issue too of like you're staining your teeth with coffee and you don't have to do that when you drink through a straw. Yeah, I still swish around every sip of coffee. <laughs> I gargle and swish around every sip of coffee. Rob Lowe on the grinder was obsessed with this profile they wrote on like Tom Ford and he would bring it up a lot and it was like and there is like a first sentence of it that I think he posted on his Instagram once that um he was talking about where it was something to the effect of Tom Ford uh, takes the first of his five baths for the day at six in the morning and drinks uh, iced coffee through a straw. And it's like he takes like five baths and always drinks iced coffee only through a straw. But Rob would be like, but they make it sound like, like, of course he drinks it through a straw. It's because he doesn't want his teeth stained. Right. He doesn't want to stain his teeth. <laughs> like, that's funny to get caught up on that and not the five baths. Like, don't you think the five baths? Well, he was, yes, he was yeah. fascinated by that too, which is a weird thing that you hear about different. Uh, baths I haven't heard, but creative people. Have you heard about Sorkin and his showers? I hear that a lot of people kind of like enjoy, sh- use showers as part of their creative process. Yeah, right? he any like office he works in, like he has a shower in his office. So like on newsroom when they'd be stuck on a story, he would like be like, hang on a second. He'd leave the room and they'd hear he was like taking a shower in his office. And he'd take like four <laughs> or five showers per day, like whenever he was like stuck on an idea to like refresh or I do something. dream of having you currently have an outdoor shower I do dream of someday having a casita like a separate room that I that I work out of with an outdoor shower that I could just like be in and out of all day long like yeah, sort of I don't dream. know why I have an outdoor shower I'm not gonna use it <laughs> Well, I'm going to come over and use it. Yeah, please. <laughs> Your wife's going to be like, hey, uh, you got to take the key away from gamers. He's in the yard again. I do. I really want a dog, and that's part of my thing with it is I'm like, it's so great. We have an outdoor show. We'll just clean the dog off. And yeah, that. that is actually great for that. Yeah, yeah. it'd be awesome. I take... Uh, you can do that with a big dog. I take Artie, this little guy, in the mm-hmm. shower with me. Oh, there's yeah. always like a weird moment where I'm like completely bent over, like showering, and I'm like, if someone were to see this, this is the most humiliating. I have like my open asshole, like, and I'm scrubbing my little dog who's currently barking. Artie's at barking like crazy. Yeah. He's like, do not tell them about this. <laughs> I know he's very upset. That is for us. And then like, I'll always end it by to get his belly. I'm, I have a hard enough time just being in the shower because of my size and the and like how small the shower. Like yeah. I can't because I'm fat, but I'm also super broad shouldered. So if I stand facing the shower, my 
left shoulder touches the shower curtain. So I kind of have to like lean towards the wall so I don't want to touch the shower curtain. Yeah. So the only way I can really get to Arthur sometimes is I have to pick him up in my arms. And I just the other day was giving him a bath and he was on my shoulder and I was just like rubbing his stomach and dick, like washing him off. And I'm like, this is insane. I'm standing here naked. I just washed my dick and now I'm washing my dog's dick. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And an outdoor shower is the answer. Yeah, that would take care of it. Yeah, that would take care of it. I could do it in like a bathing suit. (laughs) Yeah. Rather than being in my fucking schwanz out where I'm like holding my dog. Um, Fuck, dude. I wish I could take a few showers a day. I just don't like, I feel like it's so inefficient. Well, it's it's very bad. There's a drought here. You shouldn't do it. Right. Like, but I I just heard it. I think, I can't remember the other example, but it's like, obviously, Tom Ford takes five baths, we learned. And then Sorkin takes like five showers. And then I don't, there's somebody else who uh, I can't remember that does the same thing. Because a lot of people say like, I do my best thinking in the shower. And then to like, try to harness that is such a funny idea to me. Yes. (laughs) Well, you're just like, it's not actually the shower, you know. Right. Like, it's like the piece. Like and maybe quiet. try to recreate, yeah, yeah. that in some other <laughs> maybe way. Just sit silently for a little. Get in the stand in the tub if you want. Yeah, but I don't think yeah, you, you need water the water. On. They think the water is giving them the ideas. Or yeah, something. there is sort of like a sense depth kind of feeling, sensory deprivation feeling to like standing in the shower. Where yeah, we knew like, when you said sense depth. Yeah, I don't know That's why I did. I literally have never said that, <laughs> and I just said sense depth, and I was like, who am I talking? You're Joe about? Rogan, man. <laughs> This is like I am like Joe Rogan. We're going to talk about prehistory, uh, testosterone replacement therapy, and uh, sense depth and uh, DMT. Somebody just asked me recently, like, um, is there anyone who you like dislike and disagree with, but are afraid that you're like them, like like are afraid that you're more like them than you, <laughs> yeah. which is like most people you dislike. You're just right. like seeing yourself reflected and you right. don't. But I was, I said as my answer, uh, speaking of Joe Rogan, I was like, um, I'm Adam Carolla. Like, I'm just going to find, like, when the book is written at the end of history, I'm going to be all over the wrong side of it. Right. I just not realize, like, I'm going to be, I'm pretty good. I'm kind of woke. And then it's going to be like, no, dude. Yeah. You, you are closer to Adam Carolla. Yeah, than you're just, yeah, it's going to turn out that you just, like, ran your mouth too many times and just said the wrong shit and thought you were, like, couching it in some way that made it okay. I feel like that's what I, I'm, to keep finding common ground between the two of us i feel like in like six years someone like i'm gonna look back and be like the reason i wasn't half as successful as i wanted to be is solely because i'm grating and and obnoxious and not as fun of a way as i think i am this well this podcast you're just gonna be like oh i shouldn't have said that you know like there's gonna be all this shit (laughs) where you're like Like, you're gonna be like my angle (laughs) on this was like totally it was not it was misguided or, yeah it was like <laughs> it was too intense yeah these people who get fired from snl who are, or who don't get snl I, there's no way i could get a network sick like i can never be successful oh like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. Am, I i have this in my head that if you are always a certain way like if you're mm-hmm. always like it's not your fault. It, you know what I mean? Like if someone hires me, it's like if that's you're just super consistent, yeah. and you then it's like you're not like changing, right? Yeah, uh, that makes sense. But that also could be. Uh, we had a mutual friend go in for a job interview, and uh, it didn't go that well. And he was like, "I think I was like too New York for them. I was like sort of cursing and busting their balls, and none of them liked it." And I was like, 
And that friend is like one tenth as New York, if that's New York. Mm-hmm. He's like one tenth as much as I am. And I'm like, wait a minute, dude. If you think you're not getting jobs because of that, I'm never going to work again. I can only get hired by like longshoremen who get development deals. Well, I'll tell you, let's, yeah, we'll do some <laughs> fucking industry talk, like total pieces of shit. Like, because well, to be I, fair, but, like, let's use this because we're getting towards the end of the podcast here. You host one of my favorite podcasts with oh, Hayes Davenport, you. former guest of the podcast. Check out the newspaper comics episode. Yeah. <laughs> Please, somebody listen to it. Um, a podcast called Hollywood Handbook, which is just like an insider's got, like you guys play characters where you're fucking yeah. destroying the business, but it's because we do think about it, like it's on our mind. Yeah, it is like yeah, it's a parody. It it, it is like with some like coming from an informed place playing a character who's totally uninformed right exactly that's the most Um, fun like i like nothing more like one of the things i like about playing gino is being so incorrect about pc stuff like knowing how much i care actually about uh, women and pocs and all that stuff getting to be gino to just say the thing that i know is actively the wrong thing in any given moment is just there's something fun about you just yeah and you're just the right vessel for that you just get away with it like you like everyone knows you're smart enough to know that it's totally wrong but you are convincingly able to do it in a way that's funny that's also like wait a minute how do you know that but like uh yeah the yeah so with hollywood handbook especially because i'm a host that i'm always loath to actually talk about stuff but when you were saying like being consistent and walking into a room and being a certain way in your interview it's like yeah, you're super New Yorky or whatever. You just have to be that in every right. room. Like you can't pretend you're not that and then get hired and be and something be else. Like that in the room, you just yeah. have to hope that you show up in the room where they're gonna hire you. <laughs> and I remember like being like realizing how limited I am as uh, a performer. And obviously, I'm not. You're not seeing me on TV, so I'm not getting a lot of acting work. <laughs> but just going, when I would get sent something and be like, I can't do this, and I'd be like, I should just go in there and act like me. And then maybe they'll find something that's right for me at some right, point. Right, right. Instead of like me trying to do this thing that I'm never going to be able to do. Right. And do, and getting like, you know, 30% of the way there. Which is to- funny because what we're describing, I feel the exact same way. And what we're describing is acting. Yes. <laughs> and I just can't do it. It has to be 5% away from my actual personality for me to do it. Yeah, there's a very small window <laughs> that I'm going to be able to squeeze through. And it's the same thing with Hollywood Handbook. It's like, this is the one thing I can do. So I'll just do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, i'm wondering how much like eventually when we when the book is written at the end of time it's like and he just shot himself in the foot again no one wanted to hear like jet yes. fuel doesn't melt steel beams in this country. yeah 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 sean just like had to take a shot at like a very successful director on hollywood handbook on like the one thing he didn't like about their latest movie and make a meal out of it for 15 minutes on a podcast that 20,000 people liked and you know the rev- the billions of people on earth didn't and then, and then that was worth it to him to make those people maybe laugh but maybe just be like I want to okay. hear the next part and 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 then the reward was then when he actually did get a showbiz opportunity he was like oh I'm friends with the director you made fun of yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> So no, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I've like I've said enough frank things about friends of ours or uh, acquaintances that I am I have like 
designed my path already, and I don't know. I've definitely limited it. Yeah, I've closed <laughs> a lot of doors. I'm now just in the hallway. Right, and it, <laughs> and it's okay to be in this hallway because there's a few of my friends who are in this hallway who are actively closing doors as well, and I'm just hoping one of these hallway guys makes it, <laughs> and yeah. I could also be like, hey, can bust through the wall <laughs> yeah. somehow? I, I'm terrified for the moment when <laughs> when like you're fucking huge running a show. I'm like, let me be on you. Like, honestly, man, you're kind of problematic. For <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, are you kidding? I thought you were one of the guys. I thought you were one of me. Yeah, we were bonding by (laughs) shitting on everyone else. So unless one of us makes it, we're we're totally dead. (laughs) Yeah, it's too bad. But you have, I do think you have a personality where you insult people to their face and they don't mind. And they go like, it's John. He makes fun of himself as much as anyone else. Yeah. And then when I do it, it's some sort of, because of the cold, detached, like somewhat like elitist vibe. Yeah. Also, you're like a tall, thin, good looking guy with like blue eyes and light colored hair. (laughs) And people go like, this guy's just a fucking dickhead. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it that is hard, and that, people don't like me or think I'm bullying them that I've never uh, uh, thought of. That you like, <laughs> someone tells you something like that, and you have to think back to be like, did I ever even interact with that person? And then you I, remember it, and you're like, they thought I was bo- Jesus. Yeah, that yeah, I go like, oh, I like them. They don't know. Like Grace is great, my wife. She's like my personality a lot out in the world. She's very like warm <laughs> and like loving and kind. Will very act be like, Sean really likes your thing. And they'll go like, he does. I thought he hated me. I've always thought he. <laughs> hated me (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think maybe i've said this on the podcast when hayes was on here but the moment when you invited me to your bachelor party when i was on that email i was like i am friends with sean (laughs) like i thought we were but i was always tentative yeah well i i like you i always had a big resentment against you because people would just be like cabris is the funniest <laughs> but i am dude. i know i know <laughs> but that is an annoying thing to hear when yeah. you just just like when you're in comedy and people are telling you about how funny someone else is your yeah. initial reaction is like well i'm pretty funny too yeah you don't like that's <laughs> and how we're I felt- so different right and we're and I'm like, well, if you think he's the funniest, then you must just not like what I do. Yeah, I'm definitely on the other end of the spectrum comedy style than you, <laughs> for sure. As someone who's written countless comedy pieces and I've us. written almost zero <laughs> in my ten years as a comedy writer slash actor, I've mostly hosted game shows. <laughs> Wait a minute, do people want to hear this? <laughs> no, they us don't. talking about each other's comedy style. No, they don't. Uh, no, but maybe there's some inside baseball losers who are like, I mean. Everyone who listens to this podcast is a garbage person fucking loser. (laughs) Yeah. They know that. Um, Let's do some last thoughts on iced coffee and then. All uh, right. Yeah. Um, You go first. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Of course. Hold on. Let me get my my moleskin out where Mm, I wrote my closing statement. (laughs) That'd be awesome if I had like a, like if I actually did any prep for this podcast whatsoever, but then I wouldn't do it. Um, Last thoughts on iced coffee. I love the move that cold brew is making that it's like more readily available. Mm-hmm. I like, I think as I get a little bit more money and a little bit more success, I'm going to become that guy who's got the perfect cold brew. Like what you have sounds perfect. I'm going to look into that. It's a good set. It's not, it's like 40 bucks for that. Oh, Oxo okay. Cold brew maker. Oh, There's right. an Oxo and one called a filtron and that are basically the same setup. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I want to start like, Iced coffee, I think, is going to be something that I do. I, I do it pretty much twice a day. I've been trying to do it only in the morning now and losing that second. I usually, I usually have one post-lunch. Here's something we didn't talk about, like how much coffee you drink. Right. And for me, I try to cycle down. Like, 
so when I'm like working long hours, like if I'm on a show that's like in production and it's like I've got to be on set at 6 a.m. for like a 13 hour day or something, then I'll have two coffees. Like I'll have one the second I get up, like on my way to work. And then at some point, like post lunch, I have to have another one to like make the push through the end of the day. Right. And then I'm having two coffees just to feel normal, like just to feel like I'm not dying during the day. And when I'm off work, when I'm like on hiatus or when work has like a light schedule and I don't need to keep those hours, I will try to actively get it down to I'm having like a, a half a coffee or like I'm having like a, you know, I'm having a greater mix of water in my yeah. cold brew and having less caffeine so that when I'm under a crunch again, it has become an effective drug again. Yes. In the last like year, uh, maybe in the last six months, uh, close to six months, I've tried to get down to one cup of coffee a day except when I'm working. Yeah, because, then, then, I, because then, then you can actually use it to charge you up right. rather than just needing it to function. I used to just always have one after lunch as like a way to walk somewhere or as a way to just like digest and get moving. Or Have yeah. you ever gone off it? Like fully coffee? gone off coffee? I went off coffee for about a year and drank exclusively wow. green tea every morning. Yeah. And uh, I found it to be fine. I was also at my healthiest. Like I was exercising every day. So I yeah. feel like I was not I, needing coffee. I went off for like two months and it's terrifying because you go like, oh, I don't need it. I feel better all the time. I sleep better. Right. I don't like I am. I've just made myself addicted to this drug where I'm like in this constant state of withdrawal, just like with cigarettes or whatever right. else. Yeah. Right. And, where you're just drinking coffee to get back to zero. Yeah. And, than and you go like, why am I doing this? And then when I get back on coffee, I had something where I was like, I'm going to be too tired. And I and I drink coffee and then you're back in the system. And right. You go like, I shouldn't be on it. It's not good. And I try to forget that because I just like it. Yeah. I. I do love coffee. I like the like community of coffee. Like, yeah. The only time I drink hot coffee uh, is if I'm away for a weekend with a group of friends, which is kind of common as a mid thirties. Like yeah, like there'll be a few weekends a year I'm away with friends and someone's like puts on a pot of coffee. That's the only time I'll drink yeah. hot coffee is because everyone is like and you the want whole a cup? house smells yeah, like and, it, and, and, and everyone's yeah. like sort of hungover because we were probably cooking and drinking all night and mm-hmm. it's like I'm making coffee to go to breakfast and it's like yeah fill me up you know it reminds me of like when I partied in Cape Cod or Ohio like whenever I go away with these friends or mm-hmm. like I love that like community of like that's why I this is like that's why I like joints over bowls or anything for my weed smoking because it's like a joint is like splitting a bottle of wine with friends. It's that's yep. what I enjoy about yeah. it. And it's finite and it's like we a pot of coffee's done and no more coffee. Or like there's still a little bit left. You want another you want another half cup? Like with a joint, it's like there's a couple of hits left or it's done and it's like move on. When you know? I yeah, when I used to chief herb, I was definitely like that. I yeah. was a joint guy. There's something throwbacky about joints too that kind of I kinda of Yeah, did. it's like a weird like sixties like yeah. smoking grass kind of thing. I call it grass now too. Neil Casey called it grass once around me. Like and I was like, I'm, I'm for sure just gonna say grass. We wrote a whole thing on workaholics about trying to bring back grass, (laughs) and that it was like a throwback, like slice of Americana thing. There is a scene in uh, an episode that Dom and I wrote called "New Drug Dealer," where it was all about they're they're smoking and they're talking about how they want to start calling it grass again because it it feels is that the Crystalia down home new drug? No, no. I mean, I'm sure there's a few pot themed workaholics episodes in the canon. Called it's because they break up with Carl, right? uh, right. Who and and who's their normal pot dealer, and they start dealing with uh, Rumor Willis. Mm. 
Okay, I remember that. I remember that. Now. And um, and they and as they get high, they start talking about how we we should go back to calling it grass. And it does have a little bit of like a throw. And Neil also was a guy who, when I smoked cigarettes, he would say, "Can I bum a square?" Yeah. Well, Neil, <laughs> Neil is time. Ba- Neil is, <laughs> and it sounds shitty to hear me say it, but he really pulls off this twenties like lingo in a way that you don't like think it's lame. Ne- it's, he comes by it honestly. If Dom is twelve and forty at the same time, Neil has been sixty-five in the thirties. Since yes. I've met him. He's born in the wrong era. I've right, talked yeah. to him about it. Like, he's he does definitely an old feel like he should be, yeah, in the Here's 20s a man who 30s. reads the hard copy paper and drinks coffee. Like, a mm-hmm. pot. Like that's why I, I always respect. Does all his banking in person. Does all his banking in person. Does uh, uh, mails, has a landline, a fax machine, mm-hmm. uh, takes flying lessons. Like, he's like, yeah. he's like a guy who's like an old school man. You yeah. know what I mean? With, with Sans the... Sans the like blue cut, co- like he, he's not like yeah. landscaping it's, or like chopping trees or anything like that. Yeah. But he's like a he's like a nineteen thirties businessman. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, and uh, it's like Charles Lindbergh or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like we would be like on tour, and it would be like out partying all night long, sick as a dog. We'd get up in the morning, and he'd be having like pancakes, sausage, eggs, and like drinking coffee and reading like the New York Times at some like local college diner. I'm like, you are an interesting man. On tour, yeah, I listen to that tour club, so that's another reason I was always resentful. Uh, yeah, you know, because every I was at UCB. Yeah, I'm on this Herald team that's not very good. <laughs> Four of the people on the team, there's only eight people, four of the people get put on Turco. I'm not one of them. And the team's bad. So I go, well, I must be the problem. <laughs> and then it's like you and Rogers and Brandon and Neil and all my like closest friends in theater are all, who I consider like my peers, are all on who tour are all no the time. Who are no better than you are at improv. Well, that's, you know, that's my opinion too. Right. <laughs> but are all on tour. And I would just be like, these fucking guy like it's really funny how successful some people could become and still have like that hold on to like an old like well uh, yeah why would i care it was like going on like when i was had moved to la to write for a show you are like you are objectively and people are making a hundred (laughs) dollars to go do like a university of missouri like show and i'm like why didn't i get that (laughs) yeah and you're like because the ucb is like a high school like it's like you get all fucked up on like what the um status within that community right like if you were bullied in high school you're you're gonna perpetually see yourself as being bullied and then like <laughs> ucb sort of is like high, high school again so whatever you feel during your time at like because i Why always not get invited my big thing in high school and in ucb was that not a lot of people thought i was smart just because i'm like big and crazy and my sense of humor is like but i'm like a rather intelligent and i've i have i had a chip on my shoulder since then and i yes. feel it now when i'm in like meetings that I was another thing people would all... say about you though they go he's actually really smart <laughs> yeah, it's like... you know, he's actually really... i'd be like so am i <laughs> <laughs> most people are most people who are like succeeding in comedy have some intelligence to he's them. actually really smart gabriel's like he's actually really smart i'd be like I mean, yeah. So we all what's are. A, it's a fucking. Who cares? He's getting credit. He's he the funniest, dumb. and he's actually really smart. I'm like, we all are supposed to be that. <laughs> Just like, why are we celebrating this about this one guy? Why do I have to hear about this about him? <laughs> because I'm constantly telling everyone, no one thinks I'm smart as I scream racial epithets in in scenes and shit like that. <laughs> I should have said epithets, not epitaphs. Um, Sean. Thanks for coming on High and Mighty. Hey, man, co- Those are some great final me, thoughts bro. on nice coffee we had. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, where can uh, people find you online? If, if, if you guys are iced coffee drinkers, tweet at me and Sean the way you do it. You're at... I'm at Sean Clements. At Sean Clements on Twitter. I'm at John Gabris, no H's. And Hollywood Handbook. Anything Making History? When does that come Listen out? Listen to Hollywood Handbook. Making History premieres March 5th. Please do watch. Um, I think it's a good show. I think uh, it's... I've seen a couple episodes. I think it's funny, super funny. Yeah. It stars Adam Pally, Leighton Meester, and mm-hmm. Yasser, who yep. are super funny. I almost said Yasser Arafat. <laughs> Yasser Lester. He won't mind. Yeah. And then uh, Gemberling and Neil Casey, also They're former so good. funny on They're it. They're so good. Um, you wrote on that. And guys, um, Hollywood Handbook yeah. is like... It's an acquired taste, but I recommend we everyone hear a acquire lot, it. A lot of people say it took them like five episodes to get into it, which I go, well, then how did you ever get into it? I can't imagine listening to four episodes of a podcast I didn't enjoy and right. keep going. But please do. Yeah, I recommend it. Because the other thing they say is it took me five episodes to get into it. Now it's my favorite. Yeah. So wouldn't you like to have a new favorite? Listen to five episodes. Start with, if you are listening to High and Mighty because you're a fan of me, you can listen to a Hollywood Handbook that I was on. I've been on a couple. I'm Check on, out a John Gabriel I think actually episode. your episodes come out on Wednesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. So I think this week. Tomorrow episode, there's a new John Gabriel episode. So two days before today, because this is coming out on Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, there's a Hollywood Handbook episode that I'm on that is super inside. That if Yes, <laughs> that you will have no context for whatsoever. That unless only maybe shitheads could even enjoy. His, yeah, you would have to have listened to the episode of this that Hayes was on and the previous episode of Hollywood Handbook that Joe Wanger was on. In order to understand the one that Gabrus yeah. just did. And then if we're also just throwing out Hollywood Handbook uh, episodes, my favorite episode ever is the Showrunner Summit. Uh, oh, okay, with yeah. Pat with Walsh, Pat Walsh, Kevin Etten. And Etten, yeah. And uh, that I think that's my favorite episode of Hollywood Handbook ever. I mean, Walsh is like one of the best guests He's on so Hollywood funny. Handbook ever. Yeah. yeah, he plays whatever the game is that you're supposed to play. Yeah. Not like anyone else, but also really well. Yeah, he's got He's like sort of style. detached. Like he hates you guys, but also can play the game. Like he's... He he's he got- does he does stuff on that episode that shouldn't work for like the... Po- like it's not like improv rules or whatever. Right. <laughs> It'd be like... Guys, what you're talking about doesn't make any sense. I feel like, like a- <laughs> my favorite line is like, I feel like I'm gonna. We need to get one writer. <laughs> yeah, like, we're drafting our fantasy writers room, and I'll be like, I want the Noid, and he'll be like, That's not a comedy writer. That's like, a fictional logo. He's for like, We're a not company. even in the realm like, of getting people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, I'll be, and normally we all just roll with whatever anyone says, and he'll be like, That's stupid, and it's like somehow works and is better. Uh, yeah, so check out Hollywood Handbook. Tweet at us your cold brew styles or your coffee styles. If you're a hot coffee exclusively a guy or gal, let us know. Tweet at me, at Sean Clements. And, uh, yeah, we'll yeah. definitely be responding. We'll definitely keep up the conversation. Dude, I'm a, Fan uh, engagement. I'm a Twitter on. fanatic. I'm on there so much. <laughs> um, well, thanks for listening, shitheads. As always, rate me five stars and roast me in the comments, and I'll read it on. Uh, air, uh, buy yourself a high and mighty t-shirt, check out making history, check out Hollywood handbook. And that's about it. I love you. I love you. (laughs) Bye shitheads. That was a headgum podcast.